What is up, y'all? My name is Phil Smith, your host, and welcome to the Jags Dam Podcast. Uh, I am joined here today by Jags Wire contributors Jay Johnson and Jacob DeLawrence. Gentlemen, how's it going? Good, man. What's good with you? Doing good. Lovely day in the neighborhood. Awesome, awesome, guys. Good to hear. Well, today uh, we are going to talk a little bit of uh, a, a Jaguars free agency. So they've been pretty busy, plenty to talk about. Uh, but before we start off, uh, Jay, Jake, give us a little rundown of uh, what you guys do, where they can find you, and some of the projects you've been working on. Uh, yeah, as you all know from episode one, I'm the um, I basically been covering the Jags for four years, and I am now the managing editor for the Jags Wire at USA Today. So uh, feel free to check that out, jaguarswire.usatoday.com. And uh, I, I brought on my man Jake with me. And as you all know, me and Phil been doing business for a minute. So uh, feel free to uh, look me up on Twitter as well, at SportsGrind underscore. Yeah, and as Jay said, I am the new kid on the block. So hopefully you all don't come for me with your pitchforks and everything for saying that Bortles sucks. And I just contribute every so often. And if you want to find me on Twitter, that is underscore J Della with one L. And yeah, fun times here. By the way, they they've already come at you with the pitchforks, uh, Jacob, on 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 Facebook and the groups and whatnot. But you know that's to be expected. <laughs> Good, I'm doing my job correctly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Everyone is so sensitive when it comes to BB five, but we'll we'll get into that another day. I'm not going to talk about that right now. I don't want to get all worked up. So, but as I was saying, you know, we're going to touch a little bit on Jaguar free agency. It's been been pretty active so there's been a lot going on and i just want to uh talk to you guys about it now first before we start you know and i think i i I do speak for jake here and we just want to you know congratulate jay for uh you know all the hard work he's done he definitely deserves this and we're super happy to be with you man and um so uh so let's get to work and let's build something special here what do you think absolutely man glad to have y'all appreciate the work y'all been putting in um, you know, Jake, you, he's been working really hard with the articles and whatnot. So, uh, you know, big time shout outs and kudos to him on that. And uh, as as I said on Twitter, man, we're going to have Phil write some articles, too, in the future. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, he's going to really serve as the voice of the Jaguars wire. So um, that being said, man, I'm ready to put in this work. And um, I think uh, good things are to come from this. Definitely, definitely. Well, gentlemen, let's get into it here. Uh, we want to talk about uh, some of the free agent signings that have happened here over the last few weeks. We'll start uh, with uh, with former Dallas Cowboys safety Barry Church. Uh, four years, $26 million with $12 million guaranteed. A guy I'm pretty familiar with being uh, based out of Dallas. So, uh, Jake, let's start with you. What do you think about, uh, b- about that signing? I mean, signing Church was – you had to sign somebody. Because you got rid of, not Cyprian, but, or was it Cyprian? Yeah, it was Cyprian. That's right, it yep. was Cyprian. Yeah, I mean, the secondary needed help. Uh, Church was the leader on the Cowboys' defense for the most part, especially in the secondary. And you got him at a relatively cheap price. Right, he's right. And um, one thing to um, to go off of him on, 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 on that is, I think Church, when I looked it up on Spot Track was like the 15th highest paid safety in the league. So that's a good price to pay for him. I mean, he's like he's up there with uh, Eric Weddle 
So that you know, they didn't really pay him that much to be. I mean, for a safety, and and as Jake said, you know, we needed him because Cyprian, as we know, signed with the Titans, uh, trader. Unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, shout out to Sip though. How man. dare he? <laughs> I know, right? Shout outs to Sip, man, and uh, uh, we appreciate all he did. But you know, uh, it's on to a new chapter. As Barry Church, who according to PFF is uh, one of the better players in that Dallas secondary. Yeah, we'll definitely see how it works out. Now, saying you're one of the better, you know, one of the better players in the Cowboys secondary, it's kind of like, uh, you know, being the best player on your little league team. It doesn't really matter. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, he's a good. Uh, he was he was solid here, but uh, you know, definitely excited. And as far as Cyprian goes, he was a really nice guy, and uh, you know, everybody makes mistakes. So we'll see what happens uh, with, with him. But I definitely wish him the best of luck. He's a he's a really cool dude. Got to interact with him a couple times at Celebration Church in Jacksonville, Florida. So he is definitely a nice guy. So um, now one of the other signings that was a uh, garnered a little bit more excitement was Calais Campbell uh, taking him away from the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Jay, how do you feel about that signing? Oh, I, I love it. Even though, you know, he's 30. Um, this is a guy that I'm fine with paying what they, they are going to pay to him, which is, the, I mean, 30 million guaranteed, which is half of the contract. And um, the reason I'm I'm fine with that is because he's a player that has been consistent. He, he takes good care of his body. And when you look at him on film, it doesn't look like he's going to slow down anytime soon. Like when when a defensive lineman gets to that age of 30 normally you can see the signs but he looks like he's still playing like he did when he was 25 so I'm good with it it looks like he'll play all over the line probably play at the three technique which I guess that's kind of gibberish to some people but basically that means he'll line up over the guard at times where Malik Jackson does so him and Malik will change around and he'll also land um he'll line up at the four technique which is sometimes over the um the the right tackle for the most part and uh so I mean we'll see how it goes I think he'll be fine as a defensive end at at that four technique and I think he'll be fine on the inside when they move him inside it's really going to help the line overall yeah man I definitely agree the one issue that I have is he is 30 right right he's not a running back though but he's 30 and history tells you when you hit 30 in the NFL that clock speeds up but like you said he's been consistent for about the past four or five years and even if you watch film and see plays where he doesn't get credit for a sack or a hurry or a pressure he's eating up two linemen at a time which allows somebody else to come through and that's definitely going to help the Jags out a lot because imagine Calais coming through the middle taking two linemen then you get Fowler somebody shooting right behind him and then down goes Mariota Right, right. I agree with you. That's that's another thing about it is um and I'm writing on this right now, it's he's gonna free up Yannick Ngakwe. He's gonna free up Dante Fout. He's gonna free up Malik Jackson for one on one situations as well in the middle. And need I remind you, people can't key in any longer on Malik per se or Calais per se because they both can play the same position. And from what I hear and read, the Jaguars are going to switch them around to keep offenses on their toes. And, you I mean, you got to love that. 
Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's. I think it's very exciting. And uh, to Jake's point, yes, he is he is thirty, but um, to kind of have him around just for for the sake of Yannick and uh, and especially Fowler, who is just entering such a crucial year. And then you know, J- about a week ago, Jay and you had you know written up that article about how he's very excited to be here. Um, you know, and he chose be, to be here because of Tom Coughlin and wanting to uh, um, to play with this uh, this young defense and also alongside. Malik Jackson, so it's very exciting. We'll we'll see what happens. And uh, but uh, moving right along here, um, uh, one of the other signings we got, we went in division and and stole somebody right out right out from under the Texans' nose, which is just great. I just love seeing the Texans lose anything. Um, and that was um, was cornerback uh, AJ Boye, five years, sixty-seven point five mil, twenty-six guaranteed. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts on that signing? probably the best signing of free agency to be honest with you just looking at from an impact point where the Jags let go both Prince they released house I mean they basically cleared out their secondary and was like well we got Jalen and yeah we got Jalen so to go get another number one because make no mistake that man proved last year he was a top 10 top 5 corner in the league shutting down everybody's ones and twos on a regular basis to go get him to pair him with a stud such as Jalen Ramsey is perfect. And just the fact that you just stole him from the Texans and weaken that defense and weaken the rival just makes it that much better. Yeah. I'm, I'm all on the board for this one. And he's, he's very young for one. Um, this is a guy that came from UCF is familiar with Blake Bortles is also, I mean, as a matter of fact, I think he picked off Blake Bortles one time, but who hasn't then again, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I'm uh, pretty sure we all have interceptions against Blake Bortles, <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah. Hey Blake, if you're listening, man, which you probably aren't, I still kind of got faith in you kind of, so we'll see how that goes. But anyway, uh, AJ, you know, this is a guy that's familiar with the, the area. He, he was, you know, he went to college in Orlando, uh, this, that, and the other. But, um, yeah, as to go off of what Jacob was saying, this is a guy that, you know, you can pair with Jalen Ramsey, a little smaller than Jalen Ramsey, but still, you know, just when you look at him on film, just as feisty, just as aggressive with uh, with, with receivers, especially with breaking on routes, he's very good at that. And he can also play in the slot. So, you know, when, when you look at it in totality, uh, you know, you got a good all-around cornerback in him and, I mean, when you pair him with Jalen Ramsey, and I think what people are forgetting is that the Jaguars also have Aaron Colvin, who is a very good nickel. So they have a good three-starting group of uh, of cornerbacks, and that's what you need in this league along with a pass rush on defense because that's how you beat the Tom Brady's of the league. Um, it's a classic, classic example is the uh, Denver Broncos. All three of their top three cornerbacks can go man-to-man with anybody, and that is a, a huge reason why they're successful along with Von Miller. Definitely. And then for, for some people who may not know, I mean, because A.J. Boye was just – he's a relative unknown. I mean, he was undrafted. So give us a rundown, guys. So who is A.J. Boye? Where did he come from? And, and just, how, you know, how did he garner this much money just, uh, just from last season? Right, right. The the one issue I have with AJ Phil is he kind of just blossomed for the most part. He just kind of came up last year. I mean, at times he showed promise before that, but really th- this year or should I say last season 2016 was the season where he made a lot of money for himself and showed up. And I mean, from what I read, the only reason he was 
really kind of given a chance is because the, the Texans had a lot of injuries at the cornerback position. He was like buried like fourth on the depth chart or something, but he finally got his opportunity and made the most of it. So as I said, we, this is a guy from UCF went undrafted at that. So now he's making what? 26 million guaranteed. Uh, that, that's a huge step in money. And, uh, you know, congratulations to him as he, he does deserve it. Absolutely deserves it. But, um, you know, the only issue I have with him is he was kind of relatively unknown until 2016. I mean, that's true. But also at the same time, you can't fault yourself for being undrafted, getting buried on the death chart and then somebody getting hurt and you finally stepping up. And it just happened to be a contract season. And right. <laughs> man went out there for 15 games and just, you know, was a force to be reckoned with. So. Right. Hey, hey, need I remind y'all, this is a guy, you know, I, I said what I said, but also this is, they didn't play any cupcake teams in terms of receivers, you know. they I mean, basically they pay, they played the same teams that the Jags played because they're in our division, and, you know, the the schedules are similar. So, you know, we're talking about somebody that was going toe-to-toe with Amari Cooper. We've seen him pretty much shut down Allen Robinson, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of other good receivers that he faced last year. So, you know, if – if you're going to go off the one year that he, you know, that he had in 2016, it's a good year to go off of because it, it most likely wasn't a fluke. Not at all, because I'm actually looking at it and they went up against the Bears, the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Titans, of course, because division rivals, the Vikings, the Colts, of course, Denver, Detroit, Oakland, San Diego, Green Bay. That's a lot of elite receivers and a mm-hmm. couple of elite quarterbacks in there demarius thomas exactly yep uh, that's one that came to mind when you listed them um and uh ty hilton who led the i think he led the league in receptions or receiving yards so that's some some hefty competition man and he didn't get cooked in any of those games i'm looking at the stats he really didn't get abused good thing for us <laughs> not so good for the texans <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, the NFL, of course, is the league of next man up. So, you know, kudos to him for uh, just taking advantage of the opportunities given to him. Super excited to see what he does paired up with uh, um, paired up with Jalen Ramsey. So and uh, we've had a couple more signings as well here. So we had a uh, Laurenti McRae uh, got a one year, uh, one year deal uh, with a max worth a maximum of three point five and a million guaranteed. Guys, who's Laurenti McRae and uh, what's he uh, what's he going to do here? Um, I know Lorente McCray as a SEC fan when he went to Florida, and uh, he was a pretty good linebacker then. But um, since coming into the league, basically, he, um, for the most part, has been a reserve, a guy that they probably got for special team purposes. Uh, he also worked with Joe DiCamillis, our special teams coordinator, by the way, who's a very good signing, probably the best special teams coordinator in the game. He's been doing it since the span of my life. When I researched it, I think he it was – 88 when he got into the league so this guy's been coaching for what 27 28 years so you know he knows his stuff and Lorente McCray is a guy that has been with him and knows what he wants on special teams and he's really going to help the Jaguars from a special teams aspect uh, as we know because the Jaguars struggled there aside from you know Marquise Lee flashing from here to there but other than that, you know, we, we kind of struggled in that department. We're one of the worst in the league in terms of special teams coverage, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I was going to say that signing was definitely all about just adding and fixing the special teams unit and at the same time getting 
extra linebacker depth just in case worst comes to worst. But yeah, that screen special teams, and that was a very smart signing to go get when you go grab a player that's already familiar with the coach that you have. Definitely, and, and you know, guys, a lot of a lot of fans will uh, will look at this free agency and 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 just remember where you know where a lot of the struggles came from, and that's the offense. Obviously, there's not a lot of offensive signings here. Um, they did get uh, Earl Watford from uh, from Arizona, um, but then also defensive tackle Stefan Charles, uh, linebacker Audie Cole, and uh, linebacker Josh McNary. So, speaking to a fan base, guys, where they're just tired of the. Uh, the impotence on offense, you know, you're looking at this, uh, you know, this defensive free agent class, there's a lot to be excited about. But if you were talking to the fans, what do you tell them to kind of ease their minds and, and you know, get them to just kind of calm down? I, I guess for the fans, I would say, you know, don't rule out the draft for fixing the offensive line is the biggest thing I kind of took from this. And I mean, you, you look at it, yeah, typically offensive linemen that come into the league that are drafted in the first couple quarters of the league kind of struggle for the most part but I mean you look at guys like Brandon Linder who they got in the third round no he's not a second round pick or a first round pick in the third round he's their starting center and one a top five center according to pro football focus and was a very good guard too so you know they can you know they could easily address guard or center or you know maybe even tackle in one of the top three rounds of course I don't want them to do it in the first round but I could see them doing it in the second or third round maybe get a guy like um Dan Feeney in the second round if he falls to you you know you you almost got to take him because he's a pretty good guard and he would he would pave some roads for whoever the running back is next year so uh, that's my biggest thing is you know look forward to the draft to maybe fix this the offense at least I mean, that's exactly what I would say, because if you looked at free agency, it wasn't that big on offense in positions where the Jags needed help. I mean, they weren't after a couple offensive linemen. They were able to get one. They weren't able to land a few. The running back matter was you went for one. He decided to go elsewhere. You still got Peterson sitting out there if you want to risk it on a 30-some-year-old running back, but also at the same time. Bortles is going to come up because they're going to say, well, Bortles regressed. There's no good quarterbacks out there. You're not finna. Why would you gl- give somebody like Glennon that kind of money when you have Bortles sitting there going into a contract year? Right. That's better to go get maybe a Kaepernick for the low and give some competition. But as a whole, free agency, you your defense was clearly the issue. Mm. Going into free agency, you cleared house. You knew you had to go fix it. You knew there were players out there that were better than probably what you could get in the draft that were at least proven at worst. So you've went and fixed the defensive side. Now you got the draft. You can go in the first round at four. Yeah, yeah you could take a running back, you know. If you want to do that, I wouldn't. But, but like uh, Jay said, you can go get a tackle in the second round. Cam Robinson might still be there. Kid out of Utah might still be there. You got plenty of time to go get what you need in the draft. Because it's a deep draft as far as the offensive side goes to fix those holes that we have. Right, right. And one more thing, in, in their defense, they they did try and get Kevin Zeitler. You know, they it went down to the wire from what I read and hear. And, you know, ultimately I think he went up, he went with the Browns, if I'm not mistaken. Which, I mean, when you, when you look at the fact that he went to the Browns, it probably was money-related. 
And I mean, like you, you don't necessarily, I mean, even though the Jaguars have it, you don't necessarily want to pay a guard that much. I'm sure they paid him a lot of money, by the way. So, I mean, that, I mean, they went toe to toe with teams for Kevin Zeitler. You know, they, they tried. I mean, the other guards aside from him ultimately went elsewhere, but that was the biggest one that they probably, the biggest name on offense that they talked to. And I mean, you can't win them all when it comes to all the big free agent signings for crying out loud. The Jacksonville Jaguars, as much as we we um, bag on them and whatnot, you know they got two of the top three free agents on the market. I mean, and and when you do that, that's you know that's almost all you can ask for. You can't be upset with that. I don't know how you could. Definitely, and and you know just to kind of touch on that a little bit more, guys. You know, obviously with the the free agency class being being free agency class being what it is, you know there wasn't that big name quarterback for you to go get it's not you know it's not going to happen you know, Blake is here and you know one of the things that um I just loved about Jake's article about Blake Bortles is you know he just hit he just hit people with you know with facts you know all the Blake Bortles apologists you know they'll, you know, they'll, they'll come up with all these different excuses but then when you read this article you know it's just he would lock in on receivers you know he would just you know throw into force throws into double coverage all these things and 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 you know what that's just uh unfortunately there wasn't any any easy fix uh, with this free agency class, they're not going to address it. I don't believe in the uh, uh, in the draft. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I I have been a big advocate throughout the entire uh, la- of last entirety of last season, even leading into this offseason, that they would. Uh, I would love to see Tony Romo here. He's not going to come because the Jaguars aren't winning anytime soon. <laughs> I still think he can play. I would I would still love to see him. As much as I really don't like to agree with with Will Kane over at ESPN who is just the – he's the new Skip Bayless of ESPN. Now he, he just really wants to be in that role. Um, but I really was hoping, you know, that, that Tony would take a look at here. He's not coming. But, you know, as you guys mentioned, there's, there's still a lot to – a lot of work to do uh, in, in the draft. And, and Jake, you even touched on it a little bit. You know, they did, uh, they did bring in Latavius Murray for a visit. Ultimately, he decided to go to Minnesota. Um, also, Don Terry Poe came into town and ultimately decided to go to Atlanta, which, you know, I can kind of – I can understand the decision. So missing out on Don Terry Poe and Latavius Murray, what do you guys feel about that? Do you think maybe they should have done more to keep them in town? Or ultimately, was there just too much to too much to offer from both Atlanta and Minnesota? Um, well, I guess I'll start by saying this. I'm everybody know I'm a Falcons fan secondarily, so I'm not even mad really about <laughs> about Poe. So I mean and they, they needed him. I I guess I'll go on into that in saying that the Falcons really needed him too. And probably more than the Jaguars, to be honest with you, because the Falcons' defensive line is, I guess, in my opinion, sporadic at times, and they need that nose tackle, that one technique that's going to line up over the center and, you know, you know, cause double teams. They need him there, and he's going to free up, you know, guys like Vic Beasley and um, the uh, defensive tackle that uh, is escaping my name, um, escaping my mind right now from Clemson. But uh, that being said. You know, they, that, that's a good move for them. And one thing I want to furthermore go into, I thought of a crazy scenario. I mean, I'm, I'm getting a little off track here, but have you guys ever thought about the fact that Don Terry Poe went to Atlanta? And with this craziness, because something always crazy happens in the draft, something just that we don't see happening. You know, they're, they're saying that Jonathan Allen is going to slide. What if the Falcons were able to put Jonathan Allen next to Don, Don Terry Poe in, in that defense? I think that would be a very, very good thing for the Falcons. And, I mean, I don't think he's going to fall to them all the way at, what, 30, 
30 where they are. Or I would 30. just like to remind Jay that this is a Jaguars podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it is a Jaguars podcast, but it wouldn't surprise me if, like, the Falcons started to trade up for him or some, something ridiculous like that and landed him, and it'll hey, be all over up for the league. Before, so you never know. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, on him, uh, you know, the Jaguars, they did, they did all they could, I guess you could say, to get him. I mean, he ultimately left us for a million dollars more. I mean, a million dollars less uh, to go with the Falcons. Um, he he really supposedly hit it off with Dan Quinn. Really liked Dan Quinn and and what he was talking about and about his role in the defense. I mean, and then when you put in the the state income tax that Jacksonville doesn't apply, Don Terry Poe left a lot more money on the table than people thought. So they did their part. They they offered him more. Ultimately, he went to the Falcons. Um, on Murray, I don't think we're missing that much. I'm not a big Murray fan. I watched a lot of him um, when Greg Olson came to Jacksonville. I studied the Raiders a lot to see what, you know, what kind of offense he would implement in Jacksonville. I'd say roughly eight games. And I wasn't all that impressed with Murray. I mean, he's solid. And last year they had one of the best offensive lines in the game. But he wouldn't be getting that in Jacksonville. So I think his play would have declined. Yeah, I mean, with Murray, the thing is, one of my best friends is a Raiders fan. God, I can't stand him during football season. All Raiders <laughs> fans are annoying. But because of that, I've saw so much Raiders football, and Murray was good to great, but also you're running behind and arguably the best line in the league, right, if not right. second best behind the Cowboys. I mean, that's the case when, um, who did the Cowboys just let go a few years ago? Murray, another Murray. Murray, yeah. Murray. Yeah, with him when he went to the Titans, had that drop in production. You, as far as Murray come to Jax, why would you come to a line that is not that great? And that's about as nice as I can put it. <laughs> not, not to mention support, you support at least <laughs> exa- exactly. Not to mention you got two other backs back there that are quality running backs. So why would you go and make it a three headed monster and or a fourth because we still got Shoelace Robinson running around here? So. Yeah, for Murray, sense. that just didn't make sense to come to Jacksonville and probably not win the starting job because, honestly, I feel like Yeldon R. Ivory will probably end that end up winning that if we don't take Cook or Fournette in the draft. Mm-hmm. So, and as far as Poe goes, yeah, he left a lot of money on the table by not signing because no state tax in Florida, but it was a relationship thing. They got him in Atlanta. Right. so And he'll probably win they did more games part. there. <laughs> Yeah, but you can't say the front office didn't do their part this year. For once, the Jags actually went out. What it looks like they spent their money wisely, mm-hmm. and they were aggressive in free agency. So, and it didn't hurt them that much. I don't think a lot of people realize that they they're at roughly like forty one million still. Like the the damage was minimum. So, I mean, like they did their part, and they didn't. They weren't reckless. I mean, I don't think they could have got reckless considering what the free agency class had to offer. But I mean, they I mean, whatever people's definition of reckless is, because I see that often, they weren't reckless because they still have a lot of money available. Definitely, guys. And then just to touch on a little bit what, uh, you know, in terms of the free agency class, like you said, Jake, or like Jake said, you know, they were very aggressive. And you just, you know, look at the article you wrote up a couple of days ago. A.J. Bouye, a great A. Barry Church, B+. Clayus Campbell, B. You know, when's the last time they were able to say, you know, they were able to say that? Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely trending uh, trending in the right direction. And uh, I think I think these uh, – I think fans have a lot to be enthusiastic and excited about. It seems like we do say that every year. Uh, you know, it's kind of like 
the Jaguars are kind of like the DC cinematic universe where you're like, you know what? I think that's going to be good. It looks, it looks good. <laughs> Let's see how Wonder Woman is. That's, that's pretty much where we're at right now. Let's see if the Jaguars can put together one good season, and then we'll go on from there and build on this bigger Jaguar universe. So I, that's what I would really, really love to see. So definitely, um, I, I think, like I said, they have we have a lot of uh, a lot of things to be optimistic about. So. Hey, I don't want to cut you off, Phil, but real quick, I want to know y'all's take on this. I talked about it on the site on Brandon Albert uh, because he, in a way he's a part of this class, too. Uh, I mean, even though they brought him in through trade. But um, I want to know what you and Jake think about uh, the, the Brandon Albert situation and the trade. And also what y'all think about them trading Julius Thomas for him. Phil, you can take that first. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I actually, you know, hit you up the other day, Jay, and just asked you about Brandon Albert, you know, is is he still good? You know, I know you said he, he's been battling through injury. I like I like the move because it shows that they're very conscious about knowing where their weaknesses are. Julius Thomas from the very beginning. Uh, this is why, you know, one of the reasons I have a very love-hate relationship with Time Hop. And with Time, uh, Time Hop, uh, like, show it popped up a few days ago where, you know, I, I tweeted out that I wasn't really too excited about the um, about the Julius Thomas signing because I, I I was just dead set that he was a product of the system. And he kind of proved that here. I mean, you, any one of us can go out and catch 15 touchdowns, you know, from Peyton Manning in his prime. You know, he would just make us that good. So I like I, I like the move. Um, like I said, it just uh, it, it shows that they're just trying to improve on one of the on, – on, especially if they're sold on Bortles. They want to make sure that they protect him. And give them all the resources that they need. You can find a tight end, hopefully, uh, whether it be in the draft or, or you know, somebody stepping up in camp, or maybe even still through free agency. So the moves were fine with me. I was never a big fan of Julius Thomas to begin with. I mean, yeah, looking at Thomas, he wasn't that great in putting his hands down and handling blocking. Right. Not to mention, Ping Manning was your quarterback and. Like Phil said, we can all go out there and catch 15 touchdowns from a healthy Peyton Manning. So getting rid of him and fixing that offensive line by grabbing somebody who has been a starting left tackle, when he's healthy, he's a relatively good to great tackle. I don't see a problem with it. The only, Well, let me take that back. I don't see a major problem with it. The only small little problem is when he's healthy. So right, right. if we get a healthy Brandon Albert, then... You get rid of Julius Thomas, works out perfect. Right. I mean, and, and reportedly a, a big reason why they gave him up is basically what you said. And what, I, what I've been saying is he can't block, you know, he and he was injury prone that too. But, you know, basically when Julius Thomas was on the field, you know, one thing that they, that Tom Coughlin or I forgot who it was, it was an article, but they uh, voiced their frustration about his teams knew that they were guaranteed to pass the ball. And, you know, that's a, you know, that's a big red flag and disadvantage in today's NFL. So, you know, when you put somebody on the field and they're like, well, you know, they can't block us and they're probably going to throw to this guy or that guy, you know, that puts you at a disadvantage. And, I mean, I'm not exactly mad about the trade, but at the same time, I think he was, you know, a, a lot a lot of his struggles was with injuries. And I, I wonder if he was healthier 
could he i mean and a lot of people wonder about this could he have racked up better stats because there were times and you can see plays where he had a connection with blake bortles and he flashed with blake bortles and i, I think he was a good red zone threat but i mean we got Allen robinson for that we might can get somebody in the draft to be a red zone threat you know it's one of those trades that ain't gonna exactly kill us and i mean i'm fine with them trading for albert albert and uh trying something there I think what we're most missing, the most important thing that happened is Luke Jokel's gone, and that's what I'm most happy about. So uh, as someone who doesn't want to support anybody really from Texas A&M, um, go uh, hook them horns. Um, Tom Herman's going to bring us back uh, to prosperity. Just want to throw that in there. But, you know, you know like, like you said, yeah. <laughs> but like you guys said, you know, very, I think it's very uh, low risk, possibly high reward. So, yeah, that's, uh, that kind of sums it up there, Jay. All right. So uh, I guess uh, we can go ahead and close this thing up. Glad everybody could join us. Um, Once again, appreciate all the hard work Jake and uh, Phil are putting in. And uh, I guess real quick, I just wanted to throw out there, if there's anybody listening to this podcast that would like to sponsor us or send us some gifts, you know, we're more than willing to uh, accept those. And uh, we're we're taking offers right now. Just email us at jagsdenpodcast at gmail.com. So, um, as I said, appreciate all the love and support that everybody has been giving me over the process. And when I announced that I uh, got the job with USA Today, you know, a lot of people came to me and said, congratulations, and I appreciate it. And a lot of people said that they think I'm going to flourish with it. And like I said, I'm really grateful for, you know, my circle and everybody that's been, you know, supporting me through the process. So um, feel free to keep checking us out. We uh, Our Facebook uh, our Facebook uh, media has been booming a lot. A lot of people have been interacting with us on Facebook. Continue to do that. Continue to uh, share and link our um, our work and, and whatnot and read and, and click on the links as well. So uh, appreciative of everything, everybody. And uh, that's pretty much all I got to say. Uh, Jaguarswire.usatoday.com. Check us out. Definitely, Jay. And then just to kind of speak on that a little bit more in terms of our Facebook page, you know, one of the things, um, and I, and I think uh, Jay will just back me on the sentiment here, is that you know we're we're always going to be available just for you know open and, and civil conversation, guys. We don't, you know, we're uh, we're all fans of the same team, and, and we want to be uh, part of this fan base with you. So we're all, you know, just uh, look to us uh, for for all of that coverage, and you know, we're gonna going to close out here and then you know once again jay you know thanks so much for having me and and jacob be involved in this in this um this endeavor of yours like i said we're super proud of you and i think uh jacob will agree with me that you'll only fly as high as he and i will allow you so you're so welcome (laughs) that we are here and uh but you know what guys uh, go ahead and close close this out and um just talk about uh where you can find each other uh, first off i'm uh, I'm uh, Phil, you can find me at Phil the Filipino. That's F I L I P I N O. I'm based out of Dallas, Texas. Um, I'll be at Hyenas Plano on uh, Preston Road Sunday at 8 p.m. and I'll be at Backdoor Comedy Club um, off of 75 in Dallas, uh, also at 8 p.m. Um, Jay, what you got in the works? Where can everybody find you? And uh, what's uh, what's up next? Of course, uh, at Sports Grind underscore Don might change it to Jaguar Don. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Thinking about it, but uh. You all can find me, uh, as I said, on the Facebook page. I'm very active on that. On my, like my personal Facebook page is very active to the Jag Wire Facebook page. So if y'all want to follow me on that, feel free to do that. 
tons of content coming up on the draft. Um, oh, yeah, I want to announce the, um, you know, we're going to have on Nick, who uh, me and the guys were talking about before we started airing. Nick Trist, as you all know, uh, he worked with me with uh, Sports Grind Daily. And going even back to the IES days, um, he worked with me late into that tenure. Uh, and he's going to be doing some breakdowns for us because he's coaching now. Uh, come to find out up in middle Georgia, he's coaching in college and recruiting right now as we speak. But, uh, you know, he's going to come on, do some breakdowns, break down uh, the Jaguars offense, defense, and break down some college prospects and, uh, you know, do some scouting reports. So glad to have him. And once again, uh, USA, to, uh, I'm sorry, jaguarswire.usatoday.com, uh, the Jaguars Wire on Twitter. And um, feel free to subscribe to us on iTunes as well. I'm going to link all the iTunes and mute uh, all our audio links in the uh, description. So uh, you go ahead, Jake. Have at it. Uh, yeah, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jake Della. That's J-D-E-L-A. And, of course, you can find all my lovely thoughts, opinions, and Bueller on the Jags wire and if you're looking for music you can also catch me popping in on random music sites such as fashionably early that's fashionably early that's fashionably hyphen early.com I write reviews there but as a whole just catch me on Twitter I will be talking Jags I talk a lot of sports music and yeah opinions and thoughts are always welcome in my mentions however please don't be stupid <laughs> i got nothing but free time and a whole bunch of gifs just at my disposal so you know right right we trying think to be twice. we want to be civil you know <laughs> we want to be I try civil, to be civil. <laughs> definitely gentlemen well hey guys uh you know once again it's a privilege to be here and working with y'all a lot of really big things on the horizon. Thanks for keeping it short and sweet, by the way, Jay. Good lord, no, you, th- you mean you run- think he runs the place? But, but yeah, um, but uh, just to, as a kind of shameless plug here, guys, these two uh, super talented writers, check them out. But uh, we will see you next time uh, with a whole slew of new topics. I mean, we'll have plenty to talk about. Uh, it's the off season, but you know we don't ever take days off around here. So y'all check us out next time. Thanks for joining us here at the Jags Den podcast. Y'all be safe and stay blessed.